Hello, and welcome to another ICE Tech Talks podcast. I'm James Crumley, the Knowledge Research Lead at the ICE. We are here at the ICE Coast Marine Structures and Breakwaters event, and I'm delighted that we have William Alsop from William Alsop Consulting as our guest. We will be discussing how engineers can design for adaptation and resilience in response to more extreme and challenging weather. William, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, James. I'm very pleased to be, well, I'm particularly pleased to be at the Breakwater Conference because <laughs> we've been absent. Um, our last one was 2017. So it's been really great to get back. And we've got a record number of attendees from all around the world. I think we're 50% overseas, 50% UK. We may actually be more overseas. So it's a very exciting event. Yes, and a long wait uh, since uh, yeah. since 2017. So to start, what, what have you been uh, talking about at the conference? And uh, I guess what's the core theme that you've been trying to convey uh, to, to the engineers? We're on day one. Uh, we've just had the first morning, but I'm going to cheat because we also ran a short course beforehand on probabilistic design methods. And we had a really interesting debate on the fundamentals of probability um, probabilistic methods and designing to Euro codes. Uh, watch this space. This is going to be a, an area of considerable development over the years to come. Um, this morning, I was presenting on old breakwaters, and this was a summary of work that I did for my PhD over some seven and a bit years looking at breakwaters um, around the UK between 1670 and 1900 uh, and trying to tease out uh, what led to their success or failures. What I was trying to do uh, this morning is to summarise the key lessons from that analysis and to highlight some of the continuing, well, the improvements of knowledge that went on in the past and uh, also highlight uh, areas where more knowledge is needed. And in the course of my research, um, one of the interesting things that I did is went back into the original ICE proceedings. And a wonderful fellow called Marshall paid for the digitizing of the old proceedings from 1823 to 1900. And if you speak very nicely to ICE librarians, they'll help you access this. And it's an amazing depository of knowledge, not just the papers, but the discussions afterwards. And in what way is the sort of Breakwaters Conference significantly different from any other sort of conference? There's one word, footprint. In this conference, and I've been involved in it for a very long time, we passionately believe in technology transfer and we passionately believe in longevity. So we the, are the only remaining conference almost anywhere that still records the discussion and then sends it back to the authors and asks them to answer the questions um, that were asked at the conference or since. And the idea is that we leave in history, whether you access it uh, by paper or electronically, 
not only the papers, but the discussion from those in the audience. We had 320 uh, engineers, ecologists and others in the audience today. And there were a lot of really interesting and relevant questions. So what, what impact is more extreme climate having on asset condition, performance and degradation, are you saying? It's, it's difficult. To, well, uh, the simple truth is that um, assets degrade. Um, uh, time, tide and waves cause degradation. Uh, frankly, um, in the time scale up to now, global sea level rise, change of storminess, etc., will not yet have had significant impact on degradation on structures. I mean, it has much more effect on uh, where bird species live and nest and breed. Um, and tree species have to move away from hotter climates or whatever. Um, for breakwaters and sea walls, um, you won't really be able to see the effect of um, climate change. Where it does appear is in the work that engineers do to design for the future. And um, classically in the UK, designers of sea defence schemes will be looking for a hundred year ahead cycle and they will be designing to resist anticipated sea level at the end of that cycle. So you will, you will either see sea walls that are higher or if you look very carefully, you'll find sea walls designed now so that they can be adapted as um, climate change becomes more apparent. Because everyone's prognostication is that it will accelerate, uh, but we will be able to measure uh, changes of water level and changes of wave height. And on that adaptive side, I guess, how would you like to see engineers approach that and embed that, I guess, in their thinking and their work to sort of ensure that future proofing going forward? The very simple answer is make provision for your successors. Allow for the fact that the climate is not stationary. So anticipate that there will be changes and provide for somebody later to say it's now worth um, raising the seawall by half a meter or it's, it's worthwhile increasing the size of armoring. It isn't necessarily good economics to do everything right at the beginning. Um, where the finances are available, then it is a good thing to do. But often you don't have the money available, but provide for it. So if you might later extend up a sea wall, then please make sure your foundation is strong enough to allow for the bigger forces in the later wall. It won't, it won't increase your costs a great deal, but your successors will thank you. And linked in with this, do you think engineers have the solutions you know, to hand already to do a lot of these design decisions around resilience and adaptation, or is more, more needed? Do, do we need more innovation to come through? Um, we do. We need, we need information on the degradation of materials. Um, 
uh, including the foundations and the materials we make things of. Um, but in general, we've got the tools and uh, some, some owners have tried out um, strategies already for future proofing. So I worked for one owner and because they were converting part of their harbour um, to have residential use, they had an obligation to design that for a 120 year life. So they had to build into, into their strategy all the anticipated changes that might happen over the next 120 years. And we were, we were pretty happy that we had an approach. And, and since then, there have been adjustments um, to cope with changing circumstances. But, yeah. Is that, uh, do you think that's still the exception, those sort of projects that come up that have the 125-year life? Or is it becoming more common, more, more required in places? Uh, there's a big debate on um, what the design life of uh, structures should be. I have a personal view, which is that for far too long, people have designed for um, uh, too frequent storms, i.e. not long enough return period, and for too short a life. But I understand the economic arguments. I mean, most economists um, uh, completely fail to go beyond about 30 years. And if you had the power... I guess what one innovation or change would you like to implement um, in the industry to, to make breakwaters uh, more resilient, more adaptive for the future? Sharing information. I'd like to put some senior um, uh, designers and, and contractors in a room and knock their silly heads together and get them to share information. Um, when you do so, so where I come back to the old ICE proceedings. Mm. Um, some of the papers around 1840, 50, 60 weren't particularly good. But the discussions to those papers were fascinating and very useful. And we've forgotten that um, competition may be necessary, but competition in a situation where you've shared information um, uh, uh, classically in renewable energy there's been huge competition between the des the developers and often they're using public money to advance a particular scheme and they weren't until recently sharing information in the way and I think that in the in the big breakwater community uh, we need people to come together and realise that by working together, they will be stronger. No, super. A great message. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to William for joining us and for sharing your thoughts. You can learn more about this topic and find more podcasts, videos and other resources on the IC Knowledge Hub. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.